Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to episode 193 of Slam Fire Radio for February 10th, 2017. I am one of two hosts. I am two of two hosts. One of one, two of two. There we go. All we need is seven of nine and we'll be all set. And together we are... Three. We're not very dynamic. No, we're, we're a duo. We are a duo, though. We are a duo. Yep. But we are We are not dynamic. Duo-y. No. Duo-y is. Dual-wielding. Yeah. Dual-wielding. We could be dual wielding we could be dual wielding. I did that once in a match. Cool. I set up, I set up a left-handed Glock and a right-handed Glock. It was a uh, that old shock and awe thing with the steel challenge. Oh yes, I remember that. I, I'm going down shooting steel on on the left and steel on the right, and then my guns need to be reloaded. Uh, so <laughs> Not like in the movies, huh? <laughs> nope. Muffin <laughs> steps up though, unlike <laughs> the movies, and loads my guns for me and gives them back to me one at a time, so nice. that I can keep shooting. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, welcome everyone. Welcome. To the duo edition, uh, Adriel should be joining us momentarily. As a matter of fact, but patience. We didn't want to wait for him. Nope. nope. Well, they did, as in th- you, but not me. I, I don't put words in my mouth. Nope. Was that a word? Okay. Uh, many of them. Um. So yeah, we started without him, and Kelly is off on assignment. Right. Yeah. What's she doing again? Going to a birthday party? Some something like that. Some Whatever. girls birthday yeah somebody turned like 51 or whatever so she's like that's not even like a round number oh i know like if it was 50 okay i get it yeah the big 5-0 right yeah obviously the big 4-2 yeah but uh but you know not 51 no not 51 no No. is that what the person's actually turning 42 i don't know no 42 42 is like the most important number ever it's the answer to everything Right, the, uh, the to the universe and right. everything. It's just yeah. nobody knows what the question is. Although I do know what the question is. What's the question? It's how many roads must a man walk down before you can call him a man? <laughs> it's forty-two. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course it is. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, listen. Uh, by looking at the show notes, I'm not holding out a whole lot of promise that you actually did something in guns this uh, week. I really didn't. It was cold, um, windy, and I. Didn't go outside as much as I possibly could. I see. Well, so didn't stop. I, I did, did play with. I did play with um, my twenty-two pistol for a while because I was watching a movie and I wanted to play with something, and so I grabbed my twenty-two pistol and kind of played with that while I watched a movie. So I guess technically I did dry fire practice because I shot at the bad guy on the screen uh-huh. with it, um, which you know you shouldn't do. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> well, you know, dry firing as screen is okay, provided that you know that everything, all the conditions for dry fire are being met. And well, followed. except that I wasn't willing to destroy my laptop. Right. right. Right? So I'm not supposed to point the gun at anything I'm not willing to destroy. But the ammo right. was all in another room, so there's that. Yeah. But I mean, you, we do dry fire, right? We do dry fire in our house, and that means we yeah. do have to point our guns at things that we don't want to destroy, so... 
Well, we, anyway. no, I guess we should always be pointing in the safest possible direction. Regardless. And I, yeah, and I do. I have a, I have a safe uh, dry fire location that I, I, cats. I point at. Hey, cats. cats run around. You have a moving target. They're, you know, replaceable. Nope. I don't. Local S- I do not dry fire at my cats. <laughs> that is one thing yeah. I don't do. I actually have a really big brick chimney, and I know where it is through the wall, and so that's where I aim. So if my gun ever did go off, it would hit my chimney, and it wouldn't go anywhere. So, But, uh, yeah, obviously I do what I can to make sure that doesn't happen. But, you know, like, you know, like we've said before, always plan for the worst. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, back on to what I did do with guns. What I didn't do with guns is I did not shoot my chimney. That's definitely something that did not happen. So that's great. So I had a great week because the chimney didn't get shot. Um, but I did. Uh, I did a little bit of dry fire practice, I guess. And uh, I did get the airsoft Glock out, and I did shoot the airsoft Glock out the bathroom window into the backyard. So that was a little bit fun. Because I didn't want to actually go outside, but I was okay with opening the window to the outside. I see. Okay. <laughs> so pretty lame, I guess, is uh, what I did this week in guns. <laughs> you know, if you if you drove to the airport to fly your airplane, I you didn't had, though. I haven't flown had, since. And right. You had a gun in the trunk along the way. You could at least say, "Well, you know, I drove my gun to the airport." Okay. You can't. You can't even say that. I did take my gun for a drive. Oh, well, there you yeah. go. So I guess, you know, because I, I always have a gun in my truck. So technically, every time I go for a drive, I've got a gun. There. So you me. exercise some of your rights this week and some of my drove privileges. around with a Let's gun. Let's not forget what country yeah, we live in. Yeah, privileges. Yeah, that's right. I only see America. I don't actually live there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, so, cool. That's what I did. All right. Awesome. Yeah. So, Adriel, welcome. You're, you're joining Yo. us. That's good. What time you showed up. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're just in time. Like, you didn't miss anything. You really didn't. Like, literally, okay. even everything I said was not important at all. It's, and, like, less than usual, actually. Because he usually doesn't, you know what I'm saying? I it's usually just, just say I didn't do anything and I just shut up after that. But tonight, because you weren't on, I felt the need to, like, keep talking. Make noise. Yeah. Because usually that's what Adriel does. He just talks and talks and talks and talks and talks and never shuts up. So oh, I just yeah. figured I'd fill But unlike gap. you, he has things to say. You just make a lot of noise sometimes. See, hear that, Adriel? You you shouldn't put up with that from him. Okay, well, I could talk about what I did in guns this week. That's probably well, save us, please. Please yeah, do so. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then, I'll keep us moving forward. I'll talk about what I did. And Kelly's not here. So are you two going to, like, tune out again this week and wait for me to finish? Or are you actually going to interact with me? Because okay, podcast, okay, fine. You know, go. Go. A podcast where you talk about guns to yourself doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hello? Hello. 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 Hi, hello. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I picked up my two Cerakoted uh, 1022s. So, where did you get and those Cerakoted again? So, I don't... I think you helped teach the black bags that this guy was on. Yes. It was uh, the the black badge where we had a gunsmith who was running an MMP40. He bought it, never shot it, and showed up to the to the... To the course, you remember? Oh, I remember that. Yeah, the MP40, that's a pretty good handgun, too. And it didn't work? Yeah. Well, not, not that one, but most of them usually work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's that guy. I don't know if you remember who I'm talking about. I don't remember specifically, but... Yeah. Or Big even guy, specifically. Big guy, glasses, but yeah. So right. anyway, it's it's that guy. So he's he's local. He's got a shop up um, just down the road from where Muffin works, actually. Up, up the road or down the road? Uh, I'm going to go down the road. Okay. Actually, it's kind of to the right of the road, but whatever. 
Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I'm impressed with his shop. He's got some guns for sale in there, handguns, long guns, ammo. Um, he's so this is like a new gun shop that's in the area. Well, not really new. I mean, when we taught him his black badge, he was open then. Well, how come we've never been there before? Well, I'll I'll be perfectly honest. I'll be Frank. I Adriel, who are you going to be? Hi, Frank. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't give. I just didn't give him a chance, Matthew. I thought, young guy. Yeah. Uh, what, what could he possibly know? Probably you know? nothing. Not uh, not compared to you. Well, yeah, right. Yeah, you know. Anyway, um, so yeah, um, I had been always, you know, I've been sending things out to get things done, and I mean, granted, there are still some. So some this guy has been like just up the road or down the road, whichever way you think he is. Maybe he's to the right of the road, and he's been like right there the whole time. You've been sending your guns away to other places, like putting them in the mail. When he was like right there, you could have just taken them to him. Um, I, you know, I don't know if there's a lot of things that, that I've had done that he could have done, except for some of the things I'm getting done recently. Like I'm having him do like finishing work, not so much repairs. Okay. Like he's going to polish. So like when you got your Winchester done, you could have, you could have had him do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he would have did the the same job on the wood that Randy did on my model 94. Well, I mean, sanding wood is difficult, so probably Well, I. You know, I mean, when's the last time you finished a rifle stock? I've seen some pretty horrific-looking jobs. Uh, about three years ago, many of the them last were mine. Huh? Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, that stuff that I had Randy do, he could have did. As a matter of fact, I'm Randy cold blued my Model 99 300 Savage, which we know cold blowing doesn't doesn't last. It's, it's not as good as hot blowing. Hot blowing does a better result, and it does last longer. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, cold blowing is something you do when you want to sell a firearm, right? So, And I do every time. So, Touch up uh, all those little scratches and dings. Yeah. So I'm going to get him to redo my Model 99. He's also going to repair the front sight of my um, Model 29-2, my 44 Magnum. What happened to the front the, sight? Uh, the one time I took it out of the house to not go to the range, like I took it to uh, the the show that we put a booth in every year. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yep. Chamber of Commerce show. And, uh, because who doesn't need a forty-four Magnum at a Chamber of Commerce show? <laughs> exactly. Well, the gun club puts a booth in, and we get we get ATTs to bring restricteds to put on display and stuff. So somewhere along the way, the front sight hit something going in and out of a case or a display case or a gun safe, and the plastic. Well, it's a it's a resin. It's a resin that's poured into the front sight. Oh, is and, it orange? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That got knocked around. So anyway, he uh. he's set up to repair that. So he's going to do that. You didn't just get like uh-huh. an orange sharpie and color it in? No. Yeah, no, because the the, the uh, epoxy is broken out of the. Oh uh, uh, yeah, that's that sucks. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, he does a, a good job on Cerakote. He redid one for me. I was 100 percent satisfied. He's like, not a problem. Stripped it, redid it again. I he took a, a receiver that went through a house fire that Muffin gave me, and the uh, bolt for the 1022 and he sandblasted them and I polished the bolt yesterday. So do you think that the 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 metal in those those two items are going to be compromised because of the heat that they went through or did they not be in part of that or were they not in part of the house that got a lot of heat? Uh, I think they were in a part that got a lot of heat but since they're you know it's uh 22 rim fire and it's and all the pressures in the barrel oh yeah yeah no i'm not worried i'm just i'm just warning if like in the long term like one day it's just gonna like crack in half or something i don't think it'll ever explode because like you said all the pressures in the barrel but it could i don't know um well, we'll you, see. you run it i'll run the camera we'll see yeah well exactly you know yeah. hold my beer watch this kind of thing well not at the range though so. unless it's ginger beer have you ever no, had well, ginger beer 
Don't even start. <laughs> so I hear you have an interesting story about ginger beer. I am not telling it again. <laughs> so I so I picked up both those Cerakoted uh, 1022s. So right now I've got the one that's Cerakoted black with the uh, barrel on it that's waiting for the Magpul stock to come. The other one I'm waiting on V-bolt or V-block and bolts to come in from Great Western Gun Parts, and that one's fully assembled and ready to go. The V-block's uh, the part that holds the barrel on, right, with the two Allen yeah. screws? Correct, yeah. So that's the only thing I need for the second one. So the second one is got the original stock and trigger group uh, that I brought home from Halifax that time. It has a barrel on it that a listener sent me, and it has Muffin's fire receiver. It originally had the camo receiver, but I stripped it. I should have waited another day or two. And so it's a bit act- of a, a Franken Franken gun then. Yeah, yeah, but, it's, but it looks uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, the Cerakote came out good with the with the uh, two tone. You get the OD green receiver and the desert tan barrel. Yeah. So, and then uh, just don't went, drop it. Just like don't drop it out in the woods. You'll never find it again. Exactly. I'll have to. We'll put an orange blaze orange uh, stripe on the stock or something. Good idea. Yep. Yep. Um, Alberta Tactical has an AR pistol on the market, and they're making polymer AR pistol uh, ten round mags for it. Those are the a- ATRS mags, right? Well, the AT fifteen. AT-15 is called? I think so, yeah. Are they still making those? I I thought they ran into issues with their production mold and they just weren't going to bother. I Well, we just recently placed an order. Jeff Young from the Woodstock Club, big shout out to him for organizing it. He got a bunch of us together and uh, made a bulk order. We sent him his cash, or sent him our cash, and he ordered a bunch of them. I got two, and some other people got two or three and one, stuff like that. Oh, I'm thinking of their XCR uh, M mags uh, are the ones that they're... um, Gotcha. That you're having issues with, yeah. They're so they're they're ten rounders. Have been around for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're the, Yeah, I, I think I remember them coming out quite a while ago. But I think they just they may have just retooled or redesigned them slightly because I think they look different than how they first came out. But I could be wrong on that. What's cool about them is they're the size of a twenty round mag. Yeah, and instead of so they, they actually stick out of your mag pouches enough you can grab them. Unlike the ten uh, round pistol mags, uh, the LAR ones, they stick way exactly. too far in. You can't get them. Yeah. So yeah. I'm um, see I'm waiting to see how you do with them and what your results are before I order one because I figure you can be the guinea pig this time. Well, so far they run like they're supposed to. They they lock open on an empty bowl on an empty mag. They drop freely loaded or empty. Um, I've had I, I took them took my two and one of Mo's to the to the range. Mo's didn't drop freely, but he's like whatever man. I'll just I sit here or there whatever. And uh, they all had a little bit of flashing on them. They all need to be cleaned up a little bit from from when they came out of the mold. Yeah. Um, so just a quick little, you know, sandpaper or razor blade to trim off the flashing. Uh, and they work. Like I said, they work the way they're supposed to. Hundred percent. Well, that's really all that's important, right? If they work the way they're yeah. supposed to, then good. Yeah. Uh, affordable, right? Thirty some bucks a piece. That's and not too bad. Uh, you, as you said, they they fit in mag pouches more correctly compared to a, a yeah. just a ten round body mag. These would be um, to me in my mind. These would be the mags to have for your competitions, and then the LAR mags are the ones that you leave loaded. Uh, you know, because you can leave ammo in them without stretching the feed lips. I'm I'm always uh, worried about polymer mags whenever you leave them loaded. So you know, these these fifteen or ten rounders would be good for you know, like I said, competitions and stuff where you load them up for the day and then unload them at the end of the day and put them back in the into storage and then keep your LAR mags for the the always loaded truck gun or or whatever. Couldn't have said better, so I'm not going to. I'll cool. move on to the next thing. Nice. Well, that, um, that Trevor, why aren't you running yeah. Beowulf mags for competition? I do. 
I've got uh, Matthews Beowulf mags. I've got some of the uh, aluminum 20-round Beowulf converted mags that uh, came into the country not long ago, or somebody th- converted them here in the country. I, I don't think know it's probably to. important to keep some pistol mags around, though, looking at the state of affairs that's going on with the Beowulf mags right now. I don't have any inside information aside from it doesn't look great right now. And that's not even my concern, Adriel. Um, there are some clubs that won't let you run them. That's true. Not. Yeah, some clubs ah. just flat out say, nope, the RCMP said no, so we say no. When in reality, we all know the RCMP has an opinion on them. But they don't make mm. the law, and the law has not yeah. changed. The law still states what it states. And so they are, in my opinion, still 100% legal. But if we get a court case that rules against them, which there's a court case in progress now, if they rule yep. against them, that that's just way too much precedent, and uh, you know it's, it's it it just wouldn't look good for them if they if it went south. Mm-hmm. So, I concur. So yeah. So I do have tons. Like I don't know how many Beowulf mags I have. Um, Neither do I. Oddly enough, I, pr- I, probably, yeah. <laughs> I probably have. You've got a couple I, more, Matthew. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, but I, I'm I, I'm probably upwards of fifteen between the two different kinds. So oh man, yeah. Um, and five or the, six of those. And then, um, so that was the weekend before, and then this past weekend on Saturday, uh, I put on a uh, archery clinic for a club um, near the Miramichi. And so I spent the day there working with a group of uh, young Aboriginals who are getting ready to go to the um, NAG Games. And I'm not sure what that stands for again. If it's probably wife uh, something or other. No, I think <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I think it's National Aboriginal Games, maybe the NAG Summer Games, National Aboriginal Summer Games. So um, the president of the club down there has been after me for a couple of years now to go down and, and put a clinic on to work with his kids. So it was kind of cool because they're, they're shooting a style of archery, uh, called uh, bear bow that I don't usually coach or shoot or work with. Um, and so I can't believe a, I'm saying this, but what's bear bow? Um, it is when you use a traditional bow. Oh, I regret this you, already. Keep going. It's when you string <laughs> string walk. So traditionally, you have one finger above the arrow and two below. Right. And you leave, you leave a gap between the arrow and your middle finger so that when you draw to anchor, you don't pinch the arrow. Right. So you leave, you leave a space, and that space gets naturally closed as the string comes together sure. at full draw. And with string walking, you kind of hold the arrow underneath your eye in, in the peripheral vision and put all three fingers under the arrow and draw to anchor like that. And that's a style of archery that they're that they're shooting at 3D animals. So interesting. Yeah, it's, so it's not just a something... different it's just a different drawing technique. Different anchoring, really. Or sorry, different to, anchoring yeah, technique. Trying yeah. to aim off of the uh, off of the arrow. So I would have been more apt to switch them all over to a more traditional style uh, anchor point. But Regardless of how they were anchoring, it was the release that they all shot execution. They all had to work on. So Mm -hmm. I've actually adapted a lot of our teaching methods to my coaching clinics for archery. And I I use the word fundamentals when I came after I was left archery for a while and did a lot of teaching of black badge and stuff and taking other classes. And we learn about the fundamentals and the fundamentals of shooting a pistol, the fundamentals of shooting a rifle and the the fundamentals of, of marksmanship, period. Are pretty much the same across all disciplines, whether it be archery, rifle, handgun, shotgun, whatever. Right. And so I spend part of the day, and I take the same approach to my archery clinics now that we do to Black Badge. I tell them it's going to be a three-pronged approach. 
I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show you, and then I'm going to let you do, and I'm going to supervise and correct as you do. Um, the first part of the morning, though, I need to adapt what I'm doing because um, I, I said to them, I said, this part is kind of like coming to science class and having a teacher stand in front of the class and talk about science when all you really want to be doing is doing science and gutting a pig and gutting a frog and stuff. So, but you have to understand some of the background and the theory behind why we do what we do in order for you to perform it better when it's your time to do it. But I got to I got to change it because it's just like, man, you know, in, in math class, they'd be like, if I could be in an archery class where the teacher was talking about archery, I would just love it. No, it's not true. That's not true at all. No, anytime somebody's coming at you with theory and what you want is practical, it's never fun. Oh, you, yeah. The thing is, theory is important, but is there any way to integrate the theory as you show them? That's as it. As you give that's, them the practical? That, yep. yeah, yeah, I believe that's the key, and that's what I'm going to work on for the next one. So, uh, And then the next day, I went to an archery tournament, and uh, this is my second tournament with the new bow. I'm getting used to it. I'm making some changes, and uh, my score was up from the previous tournament. And the previous tournament was a very short venue, like the maximum distance was 23 yards, which is like really a joke. Or, you know, like professional archers are shooting I indoors. I want to hear the punchline, though. What's the punchline to the 23-yard joke? It's way too close. I don't know. <laughs> don't call me on these things. <laughs> it anyway, works. <laughs> so, yeah. So my score was up, and then I did some more practice this week, and... Uh, and then uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, well, tomorrow I've got to head to Woodstock for a board meeting. And then uh, there's a tournament the next day on Saturday. So In Woodstock? Uh, tomorrow? Yeah. Saturday? Yeah. Saturday, yeah. Tomorrow's so I'll be, Thursday, Friday. But anyway. Yeah. So I'll be back there where I, where, you know, where that it's a close 23-yard range. But what they do is they use a lot of small animals with small scoring zones and they tie to angles and stuff. So they they find a way to make it challenging because when an animal is quartering towards you or away from you, you can't aim in the middle. You're always going to overshoot the middle. You're going to, you got to shoot the leading edge or the trailing edge in order to actually get the middle. So there's a skill involved in that. And every once in a while I get, I get caught by that because I don't think it's angled as much or it is, or as much as it actually is, or it's angled less than I think it is. And I lead too much. And then I end up, you know, shooting in front of what I'm shooting at. And anyway, I'll be ready this time because uh, the first one was a little bit of a warm-up and a refresher. So, uh, What else have I done? I was a guest on a Passionate About Prepping to talk about. Anybody? Uh, passionate is uh, Owen. Uh, repairing meals and stuff? <laughs> meal prep? Uh, my meals come from cans or fried food places. Uh, it was uh, our, uh, archery. They had me on. She had me on. Allison, oh, the host. You're doing more archery. And, well, no, I'm just saying I was I was a guest on a podcast to talk about archery for prepping right. and the pros and cons and stuff. So, And this week, I started my third 22 rifle project. Um, I was talking about Taking this with Matthew. Me. Like, yeah, he's like, what are you doing, man? I'm just, like, I'm just trying to get my 22 arm on, you know. So um, this is the second time that I've had a 22 rifle dressed up to look like an AR. I had the 1022 that I got from Matthew. They put in the Archangel stock, and I hated it, and I sold it. Then I bought a Remington um, a seven nine no five nine seven VTR, and it's kind of almost okay, but the chassis is a little blocky and chunky, and I was just like, nah. I love the Boyd stocks, so I decided to rip it out of that VTR chassis, and I'm going to order a Boyd's SS Evolution stock in blue, of course. 
Um, the I've seen one online where the the receivers actually Cerakoted blue to match the chassis the stock. I don't think I'm going to do that. The barrel is on mine is a heavy barrel, and on the one I saw online, the barrel was uh, polished to a high shine. I don't know. I'm going to go like high high shine, but I'm definitely going to have the it's satin bluing. Going to have that removed and going to have it polished so that it's kind of bright because it looked. It looked kind of cool, the the blue Boyd stock with the stainless steel barrel. So I'm going to I'm going to do that. I've already ripped it out of the out of the uh, chassis. I've taken the barrel off and I put the chassis for sale on CGN. In the meantime, I have a factory stock coming from a guy in Newfoundland that I bought on CGN. I'd rather throw it in the regular plastic, traditional looking stock than that uh, wannabe AR configuration. So. Are you going to keep any of these 22s and shoot some gophers in the face with them? I hope so. Um, I mean, definitely, like, out of the, like, I will definitely keep the 597 because it's actually a better rifle than 1022. Uh, I'm going to love it in the Boyd stock. So that one I'm keeping already has a good optic on it. And the, and the Magpul 1022, there's no doubt in my mind I'm keeping that. I've wanted a 1022 in that Magpul stock since it came out. Like, um, and Muffin has gone all Magpul. He bought a, Remember Lorette's Remington 700 we were playing with at New Year's, Matt? Yep. We ripped it apart and sold the rifle off and sold the stock. And typical Lorette, right? Can't keep a gun more than three days. Of course. So, um, God love him. So, Muffin's got the Magpul stock. And then Muffin has seen my Remington 700. In, or, no, sorry, my uh, Remington 870 in the Magpul stock. So, he's going all Magpul. He ordered a Magpul stock for his 1022 to match his new Remington 700 Magpul stock. And now he's actively trying to find Magpul furniture for his 870. He's going flat dark earth with all of it because all mine is black. And we don't want to be completely like totally looking like Magpul fanboys together with everything matching. So, yeah, I like that Magpul 700 stock so much that I think I would like ditch my TAC-21 chassis for the Magpul system. That's how much I like it. In the end, I think if I do anything, I'm going to go KDX for my 700. But uh, so anyway, yeah. So I'll have. Uh, so if I sell one, Adriel, it's just going to be the regular um, 1022 carbine in the um, camo stock and stuff because that doesn't That'll have an optic still on kill or anything. Gophers. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure it will. Yeah. So, but I mean, how many 22s does a man need? I mean, even Matthew only has three. Um, pardon. Four. Pardon. Okay. Let me. <laughs> You got the truth you comes got, out. <laughs> you got the papoose. You got the two seven ninety fives. Yeah. You got your Beretta. Yeah. You have a um, Kiapa thing with a twenty two yeah. 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 So that's how many is that now? That's five. That's five. And that's technically all I've got. But what I do heck? also have a twenty two conversion kit for the AR, and I also have a twenty two conversion kit for the twenty gauge shotgun. Oh yeah, that little yeah that little shell, shell thing. Insert. Then, yeah. Technically. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I know. So, um, and then I did some reloading. <laughs> I threw together um, some more. I think I loaded up a bunch of 40 grain 223, and it's reasonably accurate, but I think I just want to blast it all to fire form the uh, the cases. And I'm working on some. I'm actually sorting 40 ammo right now as we speak. And last night I loaded uh, 50 rounds of 44 Magnum in brand new sterling brass with federal gold match. Um, Magnum primers. These are like bench press primers for 44 Magnum, gold metal match, whatever. They're a more to do primer uh, with 300 grain jacketed hollow point bullets that Captain Andy gave me. 
because there was supposed to be a, a revolver silhouette shoot on Sunday at the Miramichi Club, and unfortunately it got canceled. But hey, I have 300 grain jacketed hollow point precision 44 magnum ammo ready to go. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. What about uh, Adriel? Did you did you he go? He already or? did. He already he said. Already did. Yeah, right. you weren't listening. Unlike what? us, who listened to you and interacted with you the whole time. Yeah, almost too much. Like you. Well, really, that's you, what I was going for, but on. you didn't tell me yeah. to shut up, and so I just had to kind of back off. So I got bored <laughs> with it after a while. What I All figured. right, upcoming of upcoming events. Seventh annual podcast charity shoot is happening on Saturday, July eighth, at the Guelph Rod and Gun Club in Guelph, Ontario. It's going to be hosted by jointly the Canadian Patriot Podcast and the International Liberty or Death Podcast. This year's charity is Many to One. There will also be on Friday, Ragnarok Tactical, that's Andrew Vincent's training school, uh, a AR carbine class. Um, I think entry level kind of thing. Like you got a gun, but you've never taken a class and you want to learn how to, you know, the manual of arms a little better and zero it and stuff like that. So uh, it's 200 bucks a person. I don't know how many spots are left. Not very many. I'm signed up for it. I don't know, Matthew, if you're interested in doing that. Um, if we're traveling together, we have to leave on Thursday because i got to be there on Friday. <laughs> so FYI. Huh. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? I'm waiting. Someone Done. To type in. All right. So for the uh, Ferlachi Alberta Pistol Course, that's taking place on July 15th and 16th. It's a two-day course. There are seven spots open for day one. Yeah, Mark Holy. and his wife dropped out now, too. Wow, so there's 15 spots total each day? Yeah. All right, so 15 spots total. We now have seven open for day one, guys. So day one is your uh, hand fundamentals. fundamentals. Yeah. yeah. We put the mental back in fundamental. That's right. So you show up normal, and you leave mental. Very but, mental. <laughs> but a more proficient... Pistol shooter. So, well, we do um, actually promise nothing, but that's true. <laughs> yes, the only guarantee is that there are no guarantees. That and isn't that a guarantee in itself? It is. Yeah, I know. Mm. But day one, day one is an excellent class, even if you've been shooting for a while, especially if you've been kind of shooting by yourself. Yeah. Um, but we had everything from law enforcement to Ipsic shooters to, to husband brand and wife. Newbies, yeah. To, yeah. So. Uh, it's open to everybody who wants to come in and, yep. and see how we run a class and learn a few things. Day two, well, then we take what we learned on day one and we put it into more practice. Yeah, we ramp and, it up uh, a bit. Yeah, and teach you a couple other movement skills. So if you're interested in signing up, please email us, uh, us at slamfireradio at gmail.com. And uh, to those of you that are signed up, we will be mailing out a registration form with some information that we need before the course begins. So look for that early next week. Yep. And you're uh, also Trevor, free to send us your money now, too. Yeah. yeah well, not you only. You mentioned the, uh, the, the seven spots on day one, but you didn't mention the three on day two. Oh, that's correct. Thank so you, Adel. Uh, yeah, there's some space on day two as well. So if you want to sign up for both days, there's, uh, there are a couple spots available. Yeah. So three people can have two days. Yeah, it's true. If yep. you're quick, I've already, well, one of those day two ones might be taken. I'm waiting to hear back. But, okay. uh, at this, but at, at this point, yeah, money talks. But that's it. Yeah. Whoever sends their money first, we'll get the, we'll get the slots for sure. That's, that's and, how we go at this point. Uh, the reason being guys is we want to book our flights when the price is good. That's it. Yep. So we need oh, to yeah. get the plane tickets bought so that we can, uh, we can come out there at a reasonable price. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is the Got Your Six charity shoot, and this is the second annual. Per- this is 
the second annual Precision Rifle Competition, and that's on July 22nd, 23rd in Edson, Alberta. Funds raised go towards the Warhorse Awareness Foundation. Go to www.gotyoursix.com for more information. SummerSlam, uh, she just about sold out. There's literally like five spots left or something. So if you're on the fence, you can still grab a spot. It's August 5th and 6th. It's a, it will be a level three match with 16 stages, approximately 300 rounds. And the cost is 160 if you do it snail mail with a check. Or if you're part of the new age, but not a millennial, because no millennials allowed. <laughs> cost, yes, if you're a cuck, stay home. $140 if paid through EMT. Caps use of force training, 400 bucks plus applicable government theft. Training course with Dave Young, August 14th and 15th. That'll take place in Dalhousie, New Brunswick. Go to caps-training.com forward slash sign hyphen up to register today. There are only 12 seats left. News. Do we have any news? Mm. Nobody put news in? Adriel, you didn't put any news in this time? No, I didn't really see anything. I didn't put any news in. All right. Um, I have a funny gun ad. All right. All right. All right. So, uh... This I hope we didn't read this one already because it's the same same uh, little buyer flyer uh, thing here. Uh, this this person has a couple of uh, shotguns for sale. So it's for sale: twenty gauge shotgun, twelve gauge shotgun, four ten shotgun, four barrel. Hmm. Not sure what a four barrel shotgun is, or it could be a carburetor. But if it's a carburetor, I kind of would like to know maybe what make, model, and year of engine it goes with. Maybe it's a four-gauge. Hmm, maybe. But a four-gauge is still pretty crazy. (laughs) Yeah. A four-barrel would be crazy. You guys ever heard of a Remington Edge? Uh, Yes, I have heard of it, but I don't know what it is. Okay, well, there's one for sale with a scope. Savage 223 Remington Edge with scope. There's no commas there. Savage 223 Remington Edge with scope. All one mm. sentence. Hmm. I don't know if the if the uh, ads are so bad as the editing in this book. So <laughs> I believe it's free. It is free, so you get what you pay for. So, um, all right. Is it time for the main topic? I think so. All right. So for our main topic this week, we uh, put the onus on the listeners. So I mean, basically, it's your fault, right? If you, I don't know what to tell you. Like, if this isn't up to your liking. You have no one to blame but you. Yeah, we delivered it poorly, but it's your <laughs> ideas. Right? You, didn't, you, so. you didn't even say we might deliver it poorly. You said we did. Because even though it hasn't happened yet, we gonna. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, did you see how I how I uh, you know announced it on Facebook? I was like, tell us what topics you would like us to screw up royally. So, I, I mean, right out the gate, I told them how it was going to go. So, all right. Uh, Matthew, you want to bring us through, and then Adriel and I will... will uh, We'll jump in and we'll beat these things around a little bit. Okay. So, um, um, <laughs> right, every time I see Christopher Anderson's name, I have to read it all the way through and make sure that we're going to actually... So, we're going to move on to Chad. Okay. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> Chad, uh, Chad writes archery, but under the condition that Trevor is not allowed to talk. So, Adrian Ooh. and I will now have a con- con- uh, conversation about archery. I like so, to use bow and arrow to shoot deer with. Yeah, what I think the bigger the bigger arrows with the bows, and you have to make sure that because I hear that if you put butter on your arrows, it goes faster. 
actually, I saw uh, there's a there's a new broadhead out that's p- all plastic. And oh, like perfect! So it's like, yeah. So yeah. is that like more humane on the animal? No, but they're really cheap. So oh well, you know, I mean that's they, really all you need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. yeah. So um, what kind of release do you use on your bow, Matthew? Oh, I don't use releases. I just use my fingers because finger? it's more accurate. Yeah. Way more accurate. You can it's never faster. trust a mechanical. Stop! Thing. Stop! <laughs> Stop! Stop! <laughs> I literally have a tear in my eye. Can we move on? <laughs> All right. Um, favorite guns and why? Trevor, what's your favorite gun? Uh, this I hate it when we're given this, like, favorite guns. Because like, there's so many different, like, favorite one that I own, favorite movie gun, favorite oh, favorite gun and why. I don't know. Favorite I'm, I'm asking gun you. Or, favorite gun or guns. Okay, well, I'll just go through my uh, some of the favorite ones in my collection. Um, my 44 Magnum because it's a gun that I wanted since I was a child. It's my dirty, hairy gun. And the closest thing I have to a hero is Clint Eastwood. So that one. Um, my favorite AR is my STI because it's accurate and has an awesome trigger. That's not what he asked. He asked, what's your favorite? Oh, it does say guns. Never mind. Carry on. Okay. Keep going. Uh, I thought it just said gun. I was like, come on, Trev. Just one. Uh, my uh, rifles. Your favorite uh, ones? Your your Thompson Predator, Savage, Venture, whatever. No, no, I'll go go with the thirty thirty because it is oh. like the earliest memory of a firearm I have. My dad shooting at a deer out the out the car window of a nineteen seventy six Volkswagen Super Beetle. Statute of oh. limitations obviously applies at this point. Yes, it yeah. certainly does. I would yeah. think. Um, think. Yeah. So, why? Yeah, I got, I covered the whys too. So, what about you guys, Matthew? What's your favorite gun or guns, uh, whether it's in your collection or not, or whatever? Oh, there's so many. All of them. No, I can't. It's that. painful, that's, isn't it? It's not even allowed. Um, some of my favorite guns. I got to go with the 795. It's obvious. I own two of them and another one just like it. So, I mean, that's obviously one of my favorites. Um, I don't. The Y is, it's cheap and it shoots straight, so that's great. Some of my other favorite guns, though, are snub-nosed revolvers. Don't even care about make or model. I just like snub-nosed revolvers. Something about them. I used to watch detective shows when I was a kid, and that era of that that little, I don't know, that little gun, that's kind of cool. Always always uh, burned an image in my mind, so I always liked this. So whenever I got to shoot filthies, that was just like a dream come true. It was awesome. From the, from the hip, smokes an 8-inch plate from like 8 yards. Boom. That just happened. It was an Actually, accident. I didn't mean to hit it, but um, it worked. So I'll take it. It would have been 10 meters because that's the minimum distance to steal. It, it, it was 11, actually. I took a step back to be safe. There you go. Yep. Heard it here first. Um, other favorite guns. I like uh, the Kui 84. It's a single-shot shotgun um, simply because the gun is simple. I just like how simple it is. It breaks apart into three easy pieces. Um, it works every time. Uh there's nothing to break on it. It just it just always works. I just I've I've always that's been one of my favorite guns for a long time. I don't own one, but I own, I do own other single shot shotguns. I do. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, Kui 84 is a cool. And now the Kui 840, on the other hand, is not so cool because it has oh, a bunch wait. of plastic on it that breaks. Oh, okay. I must have an 84 then because it's really old from the 50s and there's yep. no plastic. Yeah, no, the 84 is the good one. The 840 is the new updated one. I mean, it's okay in warmer weather, but Curtis actually broke his shooting it just 
the the little piece between the forestock and the receiver actually shattered when he pulled the trigger because that's how brutal it got when it was cold. So brutal. yeah, get the 84 if you got the choice. Other favorite guns, um, Glock 19. Love the Glock 19. Just uh, it's the perfect size. I don't have one, but I should get one someday. Well, why the Glock 19 over the 17? I, perfect size. It's the perfect size. The Glock 17 is just a little bigger than it needs to be. Just a little, not much. I think now. I think the ultimate would be a Glock 17 slide and a Glock 19 frame, because you get the longer well, sight radius. Well, and why don't you, you just the, make a, a Glock 18? Because that already exists. <laughs> That's the full auto Glock. No, no, no. The Paul Carlson Glock 18. You take a 17, you cut the frame down. I did that. Remember? Yeah. So isn't that the perfect gun? It would have been. It was actually. That's 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 what happened to my gun before I sold it. I actually did cut the grip down and used Glock 19 mags in my Glock 17. Mm. It was neat. Uh, the, the, it is a good thing that I did end up selling it because it would not have been legal for Ipsic. <laughs> mm. But yeah, not for production. No. Well, Matthew, I've got a Glock 19, and I just and I like it. Up. Every time I come over and I get to play with it, I think it's cool. Yeah, I've got to send it to Black Box Customs for a grip reduction because I have a hard idea. Yeah, you got little hobbit fingers. Either I sell it and get a Gen 4 because I run my Glock 17, in, which is a Gen 4 without any back straps. Mm -hmm. And uh, Glocks don't fit me like they used to. And I know that doesn't make sense because they haven't changed and I haven't changed. Yeah, but your shooting technique has changed and you've moved on to 1911, so... How I grip and hold the gun. Well, if they, you know, I mean, the the Tamfoglios and the FN, they just all fit so much more comfortably. So when I jump back to a Glock, I'm like, ah, ah, where's my FN? So anyway, I'm sure I will love the Glock 19 once I do send it off to Black Box Customs. They do amazing work, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I know somebody who's had some work done there, Andy's buddy, Steven. He's had uh, some work done to some of his stuff. And man. They do reductions, they do stippling, they do all kinds of nice stuff. Sweet. Yeah, and they have a license, so you can send them out your your restricteds without having to like worry about transferring it temporarily or whatever. So, yeah. Cool. Anyway, Adriel? so Adriel, what about you? Favorite guns? Oh, um, I don't know. On the pistol side, I'm kind of happy with whatever. I've got an FNS right now, and I like it. Um, the thing I really, I'll, I'll say this: polymer striker fired pistols. Mm. They're very reliable. You don't have to really worry about them. You can kind of like abuse them, and they'll just work. Especially if you uh, get a so high end one, like a high point, <laughs> <laughs> or the new Remington. Oh, the new Remington I hear is just the best. Okay, mm. well, aside a- from some, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're a, a generally reliable series of pistols. They're affordable and uh, and they just work. So I like I like the concept of a polymer striker fired pistols. Me too. Uh, me the rifle shotgun side of things. Um, I really like the AR-15 series rifles. Uh, they're very ergonomic, fast to use, accurate. They're just everything that you'd want in a semi-auto rifle. And just, I, I just really wish they were non-restricted here because they're like they they would be the gun to use. Uh, as I mean, they are in in competition that kind of thing. But you can't take them hunting, and I'd, I'd really love to take an AR-15 hunting. Uh, and then, you know, and I'm not trolling on this. I, I kind of like the SKSs. They're a cheap plinker at a gravel pit. They're not super accurate, but they're an inter- intermediate cartridge. They shoot cheap ammo and they're just fun as is just, just using them like that. So 
Okay, that that's uh, one. If you do anything like that again, we're we're gonna hang up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say like with a Tapco stock. I said just a regular SKS. Look, I've shot SKSs and I didn't hate it. It wasn't the worst thing in the world that I'd ever shot. I've shot worse guns in the SKS. It wasn't comfortable. It was actually more accurate than I expected it to be and reliable. So, uh, you know, for if, if the stock was a little longer to suit uh, the length of pull for an average statured human as opposed to children for whatever reason, I think it's because they wear a lot of winter coats in China maybe when they where they make them, I don't know. But uh, but yeah, if it fit, if the stock fit better and uh, we didn't have caliber restrictions, I'd probably have one because the ammo's cheap and like you said, Adriel, it's great just for getting out planking with. Yeah, yeah, just a fun planker. And Trevor has an aneurysm. <laughs> no, no, you know what? I mean, um, all kidding aside, like I want an SKS in a Matador Arms uh, saber tooth. Sure, why not? You know, because then it's another. It's everything Adriel des- described, right? I mean. It's reliable. It's got a. It's got a. Yeah, I he love just that, said it. So we don't need to say it all again. You know, we yeah. know that. Uh, <laughs> I've been talking about how much I like the seven point six two by thirty nine for years. So and it shoots seven six two by thirty nine. Look at that. Match yeah, made in heaven. Look at that. I know where there's 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 one right now, Russian, uh, with matching numbers that. Uh, well, I mean, and, and that's the thing to do because if you're going to get a cheap SKS, you want to make sure it has matching numbers because that's really <laughs> the only way they work right. Well, I mean, that's yeah, how know, you get the all, accuracy out of them is if the numbers all match up. Collectability. Not, yeah, well, not all, not all not all SKSs are created equally, and um, having think, one that is all matching numbers and hasn't been passed around and beaten like a mule. Yeah, but here's and, here's my theory on that. If you get one that doesn't have matching numbers, it means that somebody has already taken the time and trouble to find all the parts that it needs and that works perfectly with it. Or they just threw them together and <laughs> sold it. You're making a lot of assumptions. Yeah, but remember, I always look at the glass as being like full of juice, and you always think of it as being full of vinegar. Is that no, how that no, goes, I, that metaphor? No, I'm no, I sure think it of it as, yeah, right. as time Next. for a beer run. <laughs> so Jason, Jason Trumbo asks something about archery, which I'm going to ignore because we did too much archery in the show already. Um, Dan Campbell, top five guns everyone should own and why? Hmm. This That's is simple. Than favorite gun. This is simple. Glock 17, AR 15, Mossberg 590, Savage 111 and 308, and a 795. Oh, what about a 303? No. For Canadians? Hey, was it every Canadian should have it. It said everyone top should top own. That's worldwide, not uh, not top five guns Canadians should own. Mm. All right, that's no. my five. What do you think, Adriel? Go. Oh, the 303, definitely. Definitely. Uh. Let's say you're off the list. Everyone, everyone. So it's got to be something cheap so that everyone can own it because you can't just have five five rifles or, or pistols or whatever. You're thinking about this too much. Trevor, what do you think the five should be? <laughs> I'm with you on all of them except for the 795. Okay, what would you put there in its place? Uh, 1022. Just oh, okay. more ubiqui- yeah, more ubiquitous, more availability of parts. You know, all it's right. not as accurate, but it has a better trigger. Um, yeah, no, I can't nine. argue with you on that. Yeah. I'd still stay with a 795, but whatever. Yeah, you're biased. I'd I'd rather hit what I was aiming at as opposed to having a nice trigger. But you know, you you do what you need to do. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On hey, the Joel, have you side, come around yet? Uh, yeah, on the rifle side, I don't know if I go with this. I love savages, but I think I'd go for a Tika or a, a Browning X Bolt. Well, it didn't say like best. It just said top. Wait, yeah, no, that might mean should. that might Everyone mean best. <laughs> yeah, all right, like, carry on. <laughs> they're, they're just a little bit nicer than the savage, but yeah. the savage is good and accurate. And, and okay, well, how that. about this? 
let's not pick on brands. Everyone should have a pump shotgun. Everyone should have a bolt action rifle and a fairly stout cartridge. Everyone needs a twenty two and everyone needs a a shotgun or a handgun. Yeah. You don't need the pump if you've got a reliable semi. Like if you've got a an inertial semi or a or a good gas semi that, that it just doesn't fail. Um I would say you wouldn't really need the pump. Hmm. You know, yeah, well, sometimes your air conditioner and your car breaks too, but your window pretty much always rolls down. See, <laughs> so you got crank windows? <laughs> I, I do. do yes. Shut up. <laughs> and I have air conditioning and crank windows. Yeah, you got to have both. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like the 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 uh uh the inertial semis are are pretty reliable. There's not really a lot that can go wrong with those. Uh, some of the uh some of the piston driven ones get all carboned up and whatnot, but the inertial ones are pretty good. Mm. All right, so is that your five? I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, close enough. Oh, good enough. All right, so thoughts on, if this is from Tony T, thoughts on the Canadian politics debate and what the best thing we can do to help her position when it comes to firearms? Prone. Definitely prone. Always go prone if you have a choice. Always yep. get the rifle, too. Leave the handgun behind. Um, two, <laughs> two things. Two things. Join, join the, uh, the groups that are out there publicly working to try and help you. And... Um, be part of the solution, not part of the problem. There's a lot of negative talk on, on social media and a lot of hate and a lot of gun owners running their mouths and making us look like idiots. And there are a lot of gun owners that have egos and cause fighting amongst ourselves. And the, while the antis sit back united and watch us self-destruct, you know, be the voice of reason always and uh, be part of the solution. Take people out shooting because if like if if you're if your workplace is full of people who are anti gunners, it's just because they haven't been out to a range yet with someone who they who they can trust and who takes them out for a good time. So, you know, take people out to the range, show them what it's all about. And most people once once they've seen that and they've they've been to the range with a reasonable person, uh, they see like, oh yeah, I get why people like to go to the range. And no, I don't think this is like a high risk having these people out there and. Uh, and some of the people you'll even turn into uh, uh, gun owners. So, yep. you know, it's it's something small that everyone can do. And if everyone did do, uh, we would like we would win this uh, uh, this political battle because they're like everyone who's who right now is neutral or anti. We'd be able to shift them over a little bit. Here's All what the, I find uh, the biggest problem between or, or with with the the issue with with guns in Canada is if you look at the states the pro gun people are very vocal and proud to be pro gun and so anytime you you I'm on a, a, a an American forum and anti gun things come up the pro gun people come on very quickly and start very calmly and um, rationally just giving facts and saying look the, the Guns aren't the problem here, and they, you know, they give all the the standard answers that we always give, the ones that make sense, because well, they make sense. Here in Canada, we all tend to be a little gun shy. Pardon the pun. Um, we we don't stand up, and we don't. Uh, we're we're a little almost ashamed to be gun owners because the media paints us with such a poor light that anybody who we talk to who's anti-gun automatically assumes that guns are evil and, and terrible and, and we don't we're, I guess we're maybe we're just too polite to actually get into a discussion with most people I think Canadians gun owners need to be a little bit more vocal and a bit more proud to be a gun owner yeah it's not our right the same way the Americans have the right to bear arms but just because that right's not written down in law doesn't mean we don't actually have that right and we do we do have the right to have firearms we do have the right to have weapons period 
Um, but uh, but we need to be more vocal about that and be more proud of it and not not you know say oh I shoot guns you know quietly and and try to you know cover it up and hush hush we don't talk about this because it's it's taboo. Right. Talk mm-hmm. about it, but be professional about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, beep, I beep. I think that the I know a lot of a lot of my Facebook friends are gunnies, and you wouldn't know it to see their Facebook profile. Mm-hmm. I I think that if you're a gunny, you should be proud, and you should be you know ready to talk to anti-gun people or on the fence people, and you should have your answers ready. You should practice them. You should be ready with them because you never know when you're going to need them. And if your Facebook is completely full of rhetoric all the time, don't expect them to take you seriously. Right. Yeah. You know, bring it, bring it up getting... calmly and professionally whenever it does come up, but don't don't shove it down anybody's throat either. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Is that one done? I think so. Good Tim. T- Tim Krosno. He says, talk about how the Americans should be allowed to burn down 24 Sussex as retribution. Do you, you got your beep machine ready? My beep machine? Oh, yeah. gosh. Really? Tim. Can you beep yourself? Tim, you're a d- Oh, that's nope. not a... No, I, I guess I can't. No, nope, you really can't. No. Nope. Well, here's the thing on that. Um, for those people who don't know, 24 Sussex is where the Prime Minister lives in Canada, and uh, we did burn down the White House, so he wants to burn down our residence in retaliation, I guess. And that's fine. It's made out of brick, because we build things out of brick up here because they don't burn. Uh, but if you want to keep building your White House out of wood, whatever, we'll come down and torch it again, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> Talk, talk about holding. It's going to get you on a list, Matthew. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding, of course. I don't think anybody should burn down anything. Period. So I'm going to go on the record. Well, that's and state not true. That. Madonna thinks that you know you should blow up the White House. I mean, Madonna said it, and everybody knows. Did it. she really? She's like, she said it at a women's rights. Well, I sorry, a man hating march. Was that's a crazy? March. It was a. Man I, I don't know how people can get away with saying stuff like that and be taken seriously. I don't think uh, that sort of violence is the answer ever, really. If Madonna is the spokesperson for your group, your whole group can't be taken seriously. <laughs> yeah. So she's at this march talking about how how many times she's thought about blowing up the White House. Okay, that's uh, yeah, that's the understanding, compassionate, welcoming, inclusive left. Well, here that's the thing, right? And not to get into a political debate, but. Every uh, it is so frustrating to be accused of being the violent side of the of of the politics fence when every time I turn around the other side is creating ra- riots, creating havoc, burning things, throwing yes. rocks, like creating riots, not protesting. Those are riots. Those are There's riots. They're flat yeah. out riots, and we're the ones being accused of being violent. I think the I think Spock said it best, Captain. If pro-gunners were as violent as anti-gunners said, there wouldn't be anti- any anti-gunners left. Exactly. I so. got an email from um, the rebel media, Ezra, that talked about how um, journalists for the rebel are being assaulted. Yeah. It, 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 it um, cited two or three instances over the last month where journalists were punched in the face by leftist protesters. Yeah. I mean, no, they don't they don't respond. I mean, they just they don't know how to use their words. <laughs> no, they Yeah, worse than us. Oh, they don't play well with others when they, they don't get their way. They really don't. All right, that's yeah. enough politics for now. You're not you don't get to come burn down our white house and our our stone house, I guess. I don't know. Um <laughs> Rob Lucas, the merits of the 1911 and why everybody should own one. Trevor, you're up. 
All right, Adriel, you're up next. It's an excellent platform, uh, very extensible. You can change out the trigger, safety, the ergonomics can be fixed. Extensible. Um, What's that? Extensible. Is that a word? Yeah. Yeah, extensible. Cool. Scalable. You can make them do whatever. You can can make a cheap 1911. You can make uh, a really high-quality 1911. Uh, you can make a 1911 and 45 or not. Extensible, able to be extended. Interesting. I've never heard yeah. that word before. You just you just expanded my vocabulary tonight. You actually looked it up. That's hilarious. Um, is it hilarious though? The triggers are is great it? on them. They really are. Triggers are good. They're accurate. Uh, they're very reliable. They hardly ever jam. Aside from that last sentence I just said, they're they're great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, a well maintained 1911 is as reliable as any other firearm. I believe. Um, well, F1 the, cars are reliable too if you maintain them and just change out the motor every uh, time you race them. But yeah. you would probably wouldn't want to like use it as your daily driver. Yeah, but these guns can be set up to be a daily driver. There are actually law enforcement agencies that carry 1911s. Why I don't know because that's ridiculous. The, the limited capacity is ridiculous, and the recoil of the 45 is not exactly the most manageable thing for for flinchy shooters. But um, mm-hmm. you know, a couple look. They're, they've been around a long time. Aftermarket parts are everywhere. They're highly customizable. Um, I don't know if everyone should have one because they don't fit everyone. They um, don't. And and on top of that, not everybody wants a gun that they need to maintain as meticulously as a 1911. Yeah. So, so uh, you know why everyone should have one? Everyone shouldn't. shouldn't have one, yeah. really. I mean, uh, because it, it's not for everybody. It doesn't fit everybody. And... If you don't maintain it a bit better than other guns, you're going to run into problems. So this is kind of but if you go back to the original 1911, it had to be reliable. It was a military sidearm. It was expected to run every time it had to. And yeah, and they rattled every time you shook them, but that it, wasn't exactly. viewed as a detriment. I don't know what it is these days with people thinking firearms have to be tight. Well, they think that because well, they think the tighter they are, the more accurate they are, and that's true, but this is yeah. a handgun we're talking about. Handguns only need to be minute of man out to about 50 yards or so. For a, for a duty sidearm, yeah. yeah. Now, it's it's surprising that this was the gun that was chosen to become the most customizable pistol in action shooting the gun that was probably because it had the best trigger yeah maybe so open platform maybe. too yeah yeah i think you're starting yeah. to see with the the cz 75 platform that there's lots of uh, well the reason why the cz didn't pick up is because you said it wrong at cz also because <laughs> uh it's not american and america is what drives gun sales in obviously america and so they're going to obviously pick American gun, I would think. Mm. No, they haven't picked an American gun since the 1911. I'm talking about the I mean, generals, like the, not uh, the generals, yeah. I'm talking about the general public. Yeah. Yeah, America is not really making a whole lot of good guns. I mean... Oh, easy year. there, cowboy. You're about to get hate mail. That's Trevor <laughs> Furlot at gmail.com, folks. They can send it. I mean... I mean, come on. Remington hasn't made a bad gun and never mind. <laughs> I withdraw my argument. <laughs> Law enforcement's carrying Glocks and SIGs. Yep. Uh, the military went from Berettas to SIGs. I mean, yep. America's just not putting out a, a, a quality handgun that their branches of military or law enforcement consider worthwhile carrying. Think about that. Well, and to be fair, though, they not a lot of the quality guns that are out there that are made in America have the features that the U.S. military wants. Now, what's so, the MMP? What's what's MMP stand for? Military and police. <laughs> All right. Do you know anybody using it? 
You ever seen I, a cop carrying an M&P? That's a good question. There's got to be one out there somewhere. I know Brinks carries them, but... Oh, well, that doesn't Brinks. count at all. I mean, come on. These guys gave Gallon a gun. <laughs> so think uh, about the upper management. Uh, anyway. All right. Yeah. Um, good, good points all around. Are we ready to move on? Yes. All right, cool. Andrew says, uh, I'd like to hear what you guys pack when you go out to the range, whether it be a casual day of target shooting or whether you're going to a competition. Tips on what to bring extras of, things folks might not realize might be handy to have in the range bags, and how you make it easy to transport and manage. Just uh, sign up for a Patreon, and uh, I think we covered that topic with Mark, right? <laughs> we did. Yeah. yeah. I actually uh, run two range bags, one for competition and one just for practice. And the practice one is half the size of the competition one. Um, but basically, they... Uh, you know the different, the biggest difference being the the tools and the cleaning kit. Otherwise, you know, eyes, ears, stapler, patching for targets. Bring a stapler, bring tape, bring targets. I mean, I don't think it's really the the one thing that gets overlooked the most, in my opinion, is the first aid kit. Hardly anybody brings a first aid kit to the range with them whenever well, they not, go. Not part of the range bag. It's either in the car or at the range. Okay, but he said, what do you pack with you when you go to the range? Oh, yeah. Didn't Fair say enough. Range. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's definitely got to be part of your kit. Mm. Water. Take yeah, water. Yeah, water's good. Food, if you're going to be out there for a while. Um, I uh, One thing that if you are going to be eating, uh, something that I had never thought of before until I somebody showed it to me and I thought was a great idea was baby wipes to clean up your hands before mm. you eat. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't think about that, but uh, the, a lot the of by, yeah, the byproduct of shooting guns is uh, you know atomized lead and or vaporized lead and, and gunpowder and stuff, and you really shouldn't eat that. Yeah, so. I like to do uh, like a big water bladder for for water storage, and then soap so that I can wash my hands in between and, and at the end, so that yeah, it's a good <laughs> idea too. Usually, end of day, it's it's right around supper time, and I'm driving, and I've been on the range all day, so. I like to have clean hands, so when I'm like chowing down on chips or whatever, I've you know got clean hands, and I'm not yep. I don't have like leady fingertips that I'm I'm eating with. Cool, that's a good uh, that's good. Cool. All right, what's the next one? Next one is discussion and review of the fairly new Seraphim Armory Storm shotgun. Well, it's so new, like. Hmm. Which one is he talking about? I don't know. Well, you know, Sarah, <laughs> you know Seraphim, new. right? Yeah, I'm I'm on their website, but they got a bunch okay. of shotguns. Which one's new? Storm. It's called the Storm. Seraphim Armory the Storm. Storm. I'm looking. Shotguns. I got the Outback series and the Tactical series. Must be a Tactical series. Storm sounds like something that happens in the Outback. Oh, it looks like uh, like one of those Turkish shotguns. Yeah, it's Turkish. The Storm series is tube-fed, barrel-length, 9, 11, 14, or 18 inches. Okay, so it's just uh, it's a pump-action... Is it pump? Yeah, it's a pump-action shotgun. It shock. looks like the SAP-6. It does. It's got the spring under the pump, which I'm not... Is it mag-fed? It can be mag-fed or tube-fed. There's two. Two versions of it. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know anything about them except that it's Turkish, and uh, so it's probably going to be cheap, and it might work for a while. Looks Turkish, Um, just based off the grip and uh, uh, trigger assembly there. Looks looks very Turkish, and that that, uh, one that's mag-fed looks just like a SAP-6. That's probably what it is, then. Um, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm Ma- good. I, I, nope. Nope. <laughs> Matthew Doucette yeah. is the next guy. He's uh, he's a local guy here. He and I go to the range every now and then. We should go to the range again, Matt. It should be fun uh, when it warms up. 
Uh, your choice for a range bag. A backpack, hockey bag, Sobeys bag. I use a good life bag because that was the <laughs> duffel bag that I had laying around when I started putting gun stuff together, and that's where it all ended up, and it hasn't come out of it yet. So um, I just use a just a, a – I don't have a special I – I didn't buy a special gun range bag. I just grabbed a duffel bag that worked because I'm cheap like that. I, I bought got, a uh, – Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Trevor. No, no you no, both go ahead. go ahead. But at the same time, I think the list. I'll I'll put Trevor on on right, and you put I'll put you on left, Adriel, so they can choose who they want yeah. to listen to. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I've got one of those uh, workmate bags that has like a rigid mouth on it, so it'll like close up as a kind of triangle at the top, and then when you open it up, it holds it open. And the only reason why I use that is you can throw a ton of garbage in there and not have to sort it. I hate sorting things. Um, You'll have the best intentions at the start of the day, and then at the end of the day, you'll just want to throw it all into a bag and leave. And that's so that's why I've got like just a, it's basically just a big bag that I throw everything into, and off I go. I've got uh, two actual range bags. One is is quite large and rectangular, um, basically for like Ipsic style competitions. It's got a big pouch in the back for cleaning kits and toolkits. It's got a pouch on the front that has a built-in magazine compartment that holds all your magazines into an elastic band separately. And then on either end, there's one pouch for hearing protection and then another one for my stapler. And then a huge compartment on the inside with another divider to hold timer and pens and um, patching paperwork, stuff like that. And then I've got a much smaller one made by... Flambo, I believe. Yep, it's made by Flambo. It came from Canadian Tire, and it came actually came with a pistol case and a compartment on the side specific for the pistol case. It's got Molly on there, two end pockets, um, a divider on the inside. The inside is pretty narrow, but you can still get your. You can actually get some ammo in there. I wouldn't put like a hundred pounds of ammo, but you know your eyes and your ears and and some targets and some pens and stuff like that in the middle. And then there's a compartment on the other side that'll hold magazines cleaning kit and the compartment opens up to basically like a work area and if you're working on your handgun or any kind of gun there's actually magnets sewn into that flap so any small parts that try and roll away on you will get trapped by the magnet quite a cool little feature also if you ever need to erase a diskette you can just set it up to that magnet and erase everything on there well, whenever I see somebody at the range with a laptop, I try and like get close to them with my range bag. It's probably a good Make idea. some cool colors. Oh, yeah. yeah, mess with the monitors. So, <laughs> do we know anything yeah. about monitors? Mm, clean Nothing. up after yourself. <laughs> Sean, M- uh, Sean asks, maybe explain the optimal rifle setup for maple seed and why. Kelly's we not don't here. have. Our, yeah, we don't have our maple seed. Kelly's uh, not here. Well, I'll tell you what you want, though. Um, you want a sling. You're definitely going to want a rifle that has an old GI, uh, the ability to put on an old GI sling, uh, because that is the style of sling that they teach in apple seed and maple seed. Yep. So that's one of the whys. Um, you want a rifle with a scope. You want a rifle with a detachable magazine, tubular mag fed rifles uh, in maple seed and apple seed not so much because of the uh, a lot reloading of reloads. requirements. Yeah, you got to yeah. do specific reloads, so MagFed is really the way to go. A lot of people are just using 1022s, and I, I think that's probably the the best one to use because 
I see the most of them. So I don't know why it's the best one to use, but I see more of them than anything else. So obviously people who know more than me are using them and uh, there must be a good reason why. Oh, I don't. I, I think it's just because the 1022 by default is the most popular 22. Oh, any, any 1022 with a 10 round detachable magazine that can be ejected quickly uh, is, is fine. I mean, and, and any you 22, at, you said 1022 again. But that's sorry. What yeah. Any, any 22. 22. Yeah. Any 22 with a 10 round detachable magazine is, is going to be fine. Yeah. Cool. All right. Next is uh, best women's fashions 2016 and trends for 2017. Yes. Yeah, so we're just going to skip that one. No. 511 yoga pants. <laughs> <laughs> Mark McLean asks. Uh, oh, that last one was Jay Whopper, by the way. Mark McLean asks mill serps and how fun they are. We already talked about SKSs, so we can move on from that one. Hmm. Uh, Patrick um, asks, uh, let's talk about Justin Trudeau's fine hair, and I think we should not, so we won't. Yeah, we're all, I'd uh, much, yeah, I'd I'd rather talk consider about, any of us experts on this subject. So I'd rather talk about milfers. Uh <laughs> Ken Kowalski, discuss the lack of concentricity in production bolt-action receivers and how to correct it. Well, how to correct uh, well, it, take it to like, Ken. Yeah, you can do that, or, or just chuck it up in a drill and and spin it, and uh, put a file next yep. to it as it's spinning, and That's that'll the, like make it nice and round. Pretty much the yeah. best way to do that. And if you gouge too much, you can just slather in some JB Weld, and it'll just slide right into all those pores and stuff, and it'll it'll clean it right up, make it nice and slick. So that's probably if the best. You got way a to tumbler? Do that. You could you can throw your receiver in a tumbler with yep. a bunch of sand, and yep. that'll just done that out everything yep. out too. Make sure you Bye. put in a bit of water with it too. To yep. uh, to make sure that uh, the water gets in everywhere and 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 puts a, it puts a nice light oxidizing coating on it, which keeps it from rusting more. Protects the steel. Yep. Protects it. Yep. You know, all the time you guys wasted, you actually could have contributed something meaningful. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. So the next no, one, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Dude. seriously, why uh, why is that? I think it's because that you're talking about things that are being mass-produced on an assembly line and um, tools wear out, tools aren't precise and accurate to begin with. Um, it's not like these rifles are being handmade one at a time, right? So, Well, it, your, your concentricity and that kind of thing will be uh, a function of how often they QC uh, what's coming off the line as well. So if they if they QC absolutely everything coming off, you're 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 going to have better quality stuff. If they're only QCing one out of every five or one out of every ten, uh, you know mistakes mistakes can happen and it can go a little bit longer between uh, between fixing their settings on their CNC machines, right? Okay. Uh, Benny Lewis asks a good starter for a chest slash plate rig, as in price wise, what should one expect to spend? Uh. I no idea. I opt out. I spent fifty bucks on a real crappy one <laughs> that I used for a course, and that's it. I don't use one. I don't even have one. Yeah, I think I'm gonna buy one for this course this summer. I mean, Shaw was here twice, and I still never bought one. But I did. I've been able to get through these courses without one. I mean, I don't. It's not something I'm gonna use like every day, so I don't see the need mm-hmm. for it. Same here. So yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I shoot off of a competition belt, so. When I even when I take a rifle class, I use an Ipsic belt with uh, mag pouches that I would use in a match because that's my context. Yep. Yeah, they're com- they're comfortable to run like the whole day because uh, it's 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 on your shoulders and uh, and you can carry a lot of weight with them, but they're not as fast as something you generally is uh, something you run off a belt. And I don't know, they kind of get in the way. Mm. Um. Yeah, I concur. Uh, Paul Phillips asks, talk about 
pistol caliber carbines. Stay away from the sub two thousand. Trevor was just about to say the sub two thousand is probably the best one you can get. <laughs> pistol caliber carbines are awesome. If you've got, you know, if the, if the sub two thousand wasn't junk, it would it would have been amazing because here I had this one case that I could fold the sub two thousand up in, put it in there. Put my Glock 17 in there, a bunch of 33-round Glock stick magazines, unfortunately neutered to 10, but still with a red dot on the Sub-2000 all in one case, throw in the back of the car, and, you know, as long as you're going back and forth to the range with the pistol in there, you're fine. But otherwise, you know, but there are still, like, the Thuron Defense uses Glock mags. The Just Right Carbine is is pretty good, uh, probably the most popular one right now. It uses Glock magazines. The Beretta, they all use pistol magazines. So if you have a pistol in the same caliber with the same magazine, heck, why not? It's just another gun that's fun and inexpensive to shoot if you're reloading handgun ammunition. Exactly. Get one in a caliber like 10 mil, like the Thuron Defense, shoot a deer yep. with it. Sure, why not? <laughs> and it's been done. Chris, yep. Chris Babe smoked a deer with his 10 mil pistol caliber carbine. Yep. Um, yeah, they've got a, you know, they've, they've, you've got light recoil. Uh, with the accuracy of a shoulder-mounted firearm. Yep. Yeah. yeah the only reason they're, I don't they're have real fun to, for for plinking and that kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we had the the BRS ninety nine out just in the bush. Uh, oh, I don't know, just before Christmas there. A lot of fun to shoot. Like no recoil. Uh, the the uh, noise off them isn't bad. The muzzle blast off them isn't is non-existent. And uh, yeah, they're they're fun little plinkers. Yep, I I want a pistol cob or a pistol caliber carbine, but we can't hunt with them, and I'm not gonna, just going to shoot at the range. I would want one so I can play with it out in the woods. And well, we we can, but just not. Uh, we could hunt with them in deer or bear season. That's it. Yeah, but I I want just like a you yeah. Know, I want something like a sub two thousand, but better thing. quality. It shoots nine mm-hmm. mil that I can take out in the woods and play with out in the woods, but I can't because it's a New Brunswick thing. Anything bigger than twenty three caliber is apparently too dangerous or something. I don't know. It's dumb. Yeah. You know All what right. would be cool is to get one in three fifty seven SIG. Oh, that would be fun to play with. Mm-hmm. Uh, the merits of body armor at the range. Are you being shot at? <laughs> there, it's good exercise. <laughs> True. Um, yeah. And on top of that, there's, an, there's the argument that, you know, I don't wear my seatbelt because I expect to get into a car accident. So if I have a... Uh, if I do have body armor, why wouldn't I wear it at the range? But at the same time, I think it's risk versus reward. And I just don't think the risk is high enough to, to merit wearing body armor at the range. I think if I'm at a range where I'm scared of getting shot, I'm going to leave. And I'm not going to no, go I, back. Yeah, I think it's probably a training question. Obviously, we're making a little bit of fun. but No, I, well, no I'm, I'm not making fun. I, I think that uh, there are people out there who wear body armor to the range. I've, I've met them. I've talked to them. And they say that they wear it because they're scared that, that somebody else might shoot them. And I think that they shouldn't be going to that range if they're scared that people can shoot them. Yeah. Um, so some people do wear it because they think that it's the safe thing to do. On the other hand, some people wear it because they think it's the cool thing to do. And those are usually yeah. the people that I'm scared of getting shot at. By <laughs> in the first place, so I don't go to the range when they're there. But you're right, Trevor. During training is another good point for for yeah. wearing it because it's it's a like, good thing to yeah. practice with it if you're going to use it in real life. You know, and I mean, I've got body armor, and I should probably actually wear it to the range a couple of times. Uh, you know, see to what it's cool. like after. Well, no, well, I'll <laughs> wear it under. I'll wear it underneath my clothing. Nobody needs to know I have it on. Um, but just to see what it's like to wear it all day and 
and work in it and stuff and uh, see how it needs to be adjusted and, you know, stuff like that throughout the day. Yep. But uh, he also asked where to find a holster for your pistol. I, I look in my range bag where I leave it and I find uh, one there for my pistol every time. <laughs> so we actually have a couple of Canadian manufacturers now making um, uh, making good quality uh, what's holsters. That plastic? Come on, what's the plastic that they're Kydex. Kydex. Kydex, yeah. Um, so Ryan over uh, Ryan McLeod uh, from Highlander Tactical is my new favorite Canadian holster manufacturer. He's got all kinds of different makes, models, and colors. Mind you, I haven't pulled the trigger on one yet, but I have handled his products, and they are top-notch. I don't think and you pull triggers on holsters. I think it's the guns you pull the triggers on. Well, maybe I've been doing it wrong, I guess. Probably. Unless it's one of those ones that has the... What's that's that one that everybody hates? Serpa. You get it, Serpa. Oh, yeah, you got to press yeah, the... You they they the technically have a trigger, Serpa. don't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, don't buy a Serpa for your yep. first holster. Yeah, sure. If, I mean, if you're looking for a, a handgun holster, look around in Canada first and see if you can find one. Because if you can, it'd be great to support a Canadian company. And like Trevor said, most of them are top-notch. A lot of the uh, basic ones are going to be covered by, you know, Blade Tech or Safari Land or something like that. So, yep. um, you know, those are out there. But if you got something a little bit weirder, uh, that's where you go to uh, Ryan or you go to Soli Canadian or something like that. And you have them make, a, make you one up in Kydex. Uh, I think I've got a solely Canadian one that's got an RTI hanger on it, so it's it's got like this uh, uh, detachable, basically holster bit where the rest of it stays on the belt. That's convenient. Um, yeah, yeah, it's nice to be able to pull that off when you like need to sit in a chair, for example, uh, and and you you're not uh, walking around with your pistol the whole time. Uh, it's nice to be able to pull that holster off really easily and just keep your belt on. Mm. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, next is Tom Sticks, and he's the last one. So Sticks asks, "What is your choice of Canadian carry, concealed or open?" Depends on the license you get, I guess. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> In Canada, they're all concealed. Open. No. I'd rather carry concealed personally. W- wilderness is open. Oh, that's uh, true. Yeah, I'm thinking of the actual. I'm thinking of the uh, the one that you get if you're very special. I'm not thinking mm-hmm. of wilderness carry, but yeah, wilderness carry is open, and then if you get the one for self protection, it's concealed, and it actually says in it it must be concealed. Mm-hmm. And so. if you're just like wandering out around the woods or whatever, open with yeah. your rifle. Yep, yep, yep. And I'd, we call I'd, them trunk guns, not truck window guns. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sticks sticking it to us. See what I did there. Because yep. he can carry and we can't. <laughs> and his name sticks and he stuck it. And right. yeah, but I'm done now. Driver, it's your turn. We're done. All right. That's it. Listener feedback. We didn't get any. iTunes reviews. We didn't, didn't get, get any. any. Our so, listeners hate us. I'm well, convinced of you know, it. Yeah. It's not like we treat them well, though. So That's true. It's a reciprocal <laughs> uh, kind of relationship, right? <laughs> yeah. So, actually. And and new Patreonies. None. None. So, yeah. mm. Well, we must be doing something wrong. And, or right. Uh, or yeah. Well, no. Um, hmm. Patreonies and uh, that's feedback. work, though. See, right when they sign up, it's work for us. If we don't want to do any work, that's that's work. Nonsense. No, you're right. Nonsense. I'm kidding. We, lo- we, we love, love everybody. Patreonies. We will uh, actually be uh, scheduling our next bonus episode relatively soon, I believe. Hmm. So yeah. And and um, Patreonies should have uh, our, our patches and stickers in the mail yet, Adriel. Adriel yes. left us, so yeah. all right. 
So, so yeah, if you're if you're not a Patreoni and you want patches and stickers, become a Patreoni. There you and go. You get special patches and stickers just easy, for you. Easy. Just simple like that. Yep, and bonus episodes. And uh, maybe we'll have to do uh, a live feed just for the Patreonies, and everybody oh, else can cool. see the edited version later. Yeah, that's probably the next thing we should look at. That's not a bad idea. I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We always get I our know, best right? ideas right on the show, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So right. it's because I'm um, impulsive, and things just come out of my mouth without me thinking about them. All so, right, then. I yeah. do that, too, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Unexpected cool. vomiting. Yeah. So, uh, if you would, uh, wouldn't mind if, if, you know, if it wouldn't be too much trouble, download that, uh, terrible piece of software, uh, called iTunes it, and it go tunies. on there. It tunies. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It tunies. It tunies. It tunies. It unis. <laughs> it's unis. iTunes. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, iTunes. leave us a review. It helps the show get noticed, right? So the whole idea of doing this is so that we can reach a wider audience. And I don't mean like people who are wide. I mean, oh, like, I was people. really hoping you were going to go there. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, uh, five star ratings are awesome. We've got 145 so far, um, and we're always looking to hear from listeners outside of Canada. Don't just leave us a review, but please send us an email. Maybe we'll have you on as a uh, as a guest. Who knows? If you become a Patreoni, well, then you'll definitely get a shot at being on. So, yeah, uh, we got some shout outs here. I would like to give one to Mr. Uzi's daughter because she kicks ass, and uh, it's quite literally. Uh, Tiana, uh, she won a gold medal in wrestling and he was live streaming it or videoing it and putting it on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, he's not gonna have to worry about her taking boys home. The <laughs> boys are going to have to worry about her taking them home. So way to go. You made your dad proud. You made all of us proud as well. So, uh, yeah, good job in the gold medal in wrestling. And uh, this Jeff Young, I think I already showed him out. I don't even know if he listens or not, but thanks for organizing that ATS mag order. That was that was uh, appreciated. Anytime I can get stuff and just hand over money and not do any work, I appreciate it. So uh, until next week, everybody, remember to join one or both of our national firearms associations, CCFR, CSSA. It's important to support those who support us. And, uh, of course, you know, take somebody shooting, go shooting. Check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Like us on Facebook because apparently our likes have been going down and Kelly's a little upset by this. And you don't want to upset Kelly. Kelly's sitting in a restaurant right now waiting to be served and apparently it's quite a scene. And um, a hungry Kelly is not a Kelly that you want to upset. And a Kelly who loses Facebook likes, also, you're going to have to cut all this. She's going to beat the living not out of Not a she comes- second of it. <laughs> not cutting even a second. Yeah. Good night, Kelly. <laughs> so yeah, we got some stuff. We're starting the list again, and thankfully people haven't been sending us anything. But so far, it's a gold star, a signed eight five eight petition, and uh, yeah, that's good. No thumbs up. No thumbs up, and people are unliking us on Facebook. What the hey? Yeah. So until next week, everybody, keep your stick on the ice. If the women don't find you handsome, they should at least find you handy. <laughs> good night. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.